Welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. We're so happy to have you back with us this week. Denise and I decided as we go into the holiday season to spend this week sharing with you guys some uplifting, heartwarming stories of people who serve as very our very own earth angels here on this planet. And so we hope that these stories we're going to share with you warm your heart. Yes, because I think we all need warmer hearts right now. Yes, and we all need to remember that there is magic in this holiday season, but sometimes we have to create that magic. And so the stories we're going to share with you today will hopefully give you some ideas to create your own magic and just remind you that this holiday season and any time we want to invite magic into our life, we have to be a co-participant. Right. So our first story is one I've seen a couple of years now in the newspaper, and it always just gives me chills and joy. For the last 12 years, an anonymous businessman in Kansas City has served as an earth angel by handing out extra cash to people in need. Every holiday season, he visits a few cities in Kansas and hands out anywhere between $100,000 and $200,000 every year, all in the form of $100 bills. Isn't that amazing? It really is. The anonymous angel, he's still anonymous. So he's been doing this for a dozen years. No one knows who he is. He said that he looks for people who have sadness on their faces so that he can give them hope that their life can be changed. He told CBS News last year, our mission as humans is to do random acts of kindness. Kindness is the bridge between all people. Oh, I absolutely love that. I believe that too, don't you? Oh, 100%. And I feel like I'm not suggesting we all, you know, give out $100,000 this year because, you know, not many of us can do that. But what I am suggesting is just think about, think about someone who had like a sad look on their face and they were handed $100 or a couple of hundred dollars. Think about the kindness that they then passed on to people around them that day. Right. I just love the the flow of giving and and that joyful feeling that comes when we do these these random acts of kindness. I do as well. Our next one is a Christmas tree angel from Michigan. This was on MLMLive.com. Last year, Chad Rose from Michigan posted on Craigslist that he had a free tree to give away. He'd used it on a parade float and now was looking to give it away for free. After posting the ad, his inbox was immediately flooded with stories of why they deserve to have the tree. As Chad read through each email, he realized that while for him a tree had been a happy, expected tradition, for many it was an extra expense that was simply beyond their budget. One email read, having a real Christmas tree would be such a great blessing this year because usually we draw a Christmas tree on a large poster and hang it in the corner. Chad decided to buy 40 more trees and give them away for free. When another Michigan resident, Ann Poussant, read about Chad's or kind gesture, she offered to donate ornaments for the 40 trees. See, and that caused that ripple effect. You do something nice and it can be that little nudge someone else needs to do something nice, which is that ripple we're always talking about. It inspires other people. And it's something that I haven't really thought about. I think about coats for the holidays. I think about the angel tree around this time. 
But I haven't really thought about the fact that some people don't have a tree if that's the holiday they choose to celebrate. Right. Wow. Okay, our next one is about a college student who found her home away from home at the Christmas time. Jackie Turner was at William Jessup University in California when she watched all her friends pack up to go home for the holidays. Suddenly, she realized she would be the only student left on campus for the whole holiday season. This time of year is hard, Jackie said. Everyone is talking about their cousins, their families, all the things that make up Christmas. She told CBS News that after surviving an abusive childhood, she was on her own. But rather than wallow in the sadness of her isolation, Jackie instead placed an ad on Craigslist asking to spend the holidays with the family. She received more than a dozen answers. Some were from parents who wanted to help, but most were from young people who felt the same way she did. So Jackie created a meetup, and together they formed a Christmas potluck dinner. People are hurting and broken, and we need each other, Jackie said. We need to be loving people. Today, Jackie still hosts the potluck Christmas dinner, so no one will feel alone on the holidays. Oh. When I first read that story, Denise, I was like, okay, Jackie's an extrovert. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine ever like posting on Craigslist? Does anyone want to spend the holidays with me? That's brave. Yeah, that's that's one word for it. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it is very brave. And it's also, she was doing it with the intention of kindness and wanting to, and I love, love, love that she did. She reached out to that many more people and they found each other. And created this beautiful tradition. Yes. Yes. Because she could have just sat there and felt sorry for herself. And wallowed in that. Yeah. And she chose not to. And she took action and created her own magical memory. Mm-hmm. All right. Amazing. Tell our listeners about this airline that I definitely want to try on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last year, Canadian airline WestJet played Santa for 250 passengers on a flight to Calgary. The airline asked passengers to tell a digital Santa what they most wanted for Christmas. While the passengers were up in the air, 175 WestJet workers scrambled to stores and bought everything they asked for from clothes to big screen TVs. When the plane landed in Calgary, passengers were greeted with their gifts at baggage claim. This is becoming a tradition for WestJet. In 2018, 150 volunteers greeted passengers coming off a red-eye flight with a holiday dance, Santa on the tarmac, and stockings stuffed with new iPods. Wow. That reminds me of like all those icebreaker things. Remember like when you go to a teaching conference and they pass a bowl of M&Ms and say like, pick an M&M and, you know, the class clown would always pick like a hundred M&Ms and then they'd have to tell a hundred things about themselves. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I was given this opportunity on WestJet, I'd be like, oh, I don't know, a Hershey bar. Like I wouldn't have seen that. I'd watch the first TV and be like, darn. <laughs> okay, this That's next funny. story is a little bit older. It's uh, more than 50 years ago. It's from a website uh, called Truthbook and was submitted by a single mom who describes a Christmas more than 50 years ago where she encountered her very own earth angels. She writes, angels hung out at the big wheel truck stop in 1960. Earlier that fall, I woke up one morning with six hungry children and just 75 cents in my pocket. Their father was gone. 
My kids ranged in age from newborn to seven. Their dad had never been much more than a presence they feared. Whenever they heard his tires crunch on the gravel driveway, they would scramble to hide under their beds. Now that he had decided to leave, there would be no more beatings, but no food either. If there was a welfare system in effect in southern Indiana at that time, I certainly knew nothing about it. I scrubbed the kids until they looked brand new and then put on my best homemade dress. I loaded them into the rusty old 51 Chevy and drove off to find a job. The seven of us went to every factory store and restaurant in our small town. No luck. The kids stayed, crammed into the car, and tried to be quiet while I tried to convince whomever would listen that I was willing to learn or do anything. I had to have a job. Still, no luck. The last place I went to just a few miles out of town was an old root beer barrel drive-in that had been converted to a truck stop. It was called the Big Wheel. An old lady named Granny owned the place. She needed someone on the graveyard shift 11 at night until 7 in the morning. She paid 65 cents an hour and I could start that night. I raced home and called the teenager down the street and bargained with her to come and sleep on my sofa for a dollar a night. She could arrive with her pajamas on and the kids would already be asleep. That night, when the little ones and I knelt to say our prayers, we all thanked God for finding Mommy a job. And so I started at the big wheel. When I got home in the mornings, I woke the babysitter up and sent her home with one dollar of my tip money, fully half of what I averaged every night. As the weeks went by, heating bills added another strain to my meager wage. The tires on the old Chevy had the consistency of penny balloons and began to leak. I had to fill them with air on the way to work and again every morning before I could go home. One bleak fall morning, I dragged myself to the car to go home and found four tires in the back seat. New tires. There was no note, no nothing, just those beautiful brand new tires. Had angels taken up residence in Indiana, I wondered? I was now working six nights instead of five, and it still wasn't enough. Christmas was coming, and I knew there would be no money for toys for the kids. I found a can of red paint and started repairing and painting some old toys. Then I hid them in the basement so there would be something for Santa to deliver on Christmas morning. Clothes were a worry, too. I was sewing patches on top of patches on the boys' pants, and soon they would be too far gone to repair. On Christmas Eve, the usual customers were drinking coffee in the big wheel. There were the truckers, Les, Frank, and Jim, and a state trooper named Joe. When it was time for me to go home at 7 o'clock on Christmas morning, I hurried to the car. It was still dark, and I couldn't see much but there appeared to be some dark shadows in the car. When I peered warily into one of the side windows, my jaw dropped in amazement. My old battered Chevy was full to the top with boxes of all shapes and sizes. I quickly opened the driver's side door, scrambled inside, and pulled off the lid of the top box. Inside was a whole case of little blue jeans, sizes 2 to 10. I looked inside another box. It was full of shirts to go with the jeans. Then I peeked inside some of the other boxes. There were candy and nuts and bananas, bags of groceries, an enormous ham for baking and canned vegetables and potatoes. There was pudding and jello and cookies, pie filling and flour, a whole bag of laundry supplies and cleaning items. And there were five toy trucks and one beautiful little doll. As I drove through the empty streets, as the sun slowly rose on the most amazing Christmas day of my life, I was sobbing with gratitude. And I will never forget the joy on the faces of my little ones that precious morning. Yes, there were angels in that Indiana truck stop long ago last September, and they all hung out at the big wheel truck stop. Oh, I'm not crying. You're crying. (laughs) 
Who am I? Can you imagine working the midnight shift with six children on your own? No, that's that's a brutal shift if you're alone. If you're just, I've worked night shift and it's not an easy shift, but to take care of all those babies and then be at work and worried, are they okay? God love that person. And God love those customers at the truck stop who just took care of her. Right. But again, being kind. This next story is also from Truthbook's website and tells a story of a telephone operator who served as an earth angel for a lonely little boy. Or was he an earth angel for her? When I was a young boy, my father had one of the first telephones in our neighborhood. I remembered the polished old case fastened to the wall. The shiny receiver hung on the side of the box. I discovered that somewhere inside this wonderful device lived an amazing person. Her name was Information Please, and there was nothing she did not know. Information Please could supply anyone's number and the correct time. My personal experience with the genie in a bottle came one day while my mother was visiting a neighbor. Amusing myself at the tool bench in the basement, I whacked my finger with a hammer. The pain was terrible, but there seemed to be no point in crying because there was no one home to give sympathy. I walked around the house, sucking my throbbing finger, finally arriving at the stairway. The telephone! Quickly, I ran for the footstool in the parlor and grabbed and dragged it to the landing. Climbing up, I unhooked the receiver in the parlor and held it to my ear. Information, please, I said into the mouthpiece just above my head. A click or two and a small, clear voice spoke into my ear. Information, I hurt my finger, I wailed into the phone. The tears came readily enough now that I had an audience. Isn't your mother home, came the question. Nobody's home but me. Are you bleeding? No. I hit my finger with the hammer and it hurts. Can you open the ice box? I said I could. Then chip off a little bit of ice and hold it on your finger, said the voice. After that, I called information, please, for everything. I asked for help with my geography, and she told me where Philadelphia was. She helped me with my math. She told me my pet chipmunk that I caught in the park just the day before would eat fruit and nuts. Then there was the time Petey... Our pet canary died. I called information, please, and told her the sad story. She listened and then said things grown-ups say to soothe a child, but I was not consoled. I asked her, why is it that birds should sing so beautifully and bring joy to the families, only to end up as a heap of feathers on the bottom of a cage? She must have sensed my deep concern, for she said quietly, Wayne, always remember that there are other worlds to sing in. Somehow I felt better. Another day I was on the telephone. Information, please. Information, said the now familiar voice. How do I spell fix? I asked. All this took place in a small town in the Pacific Northwest. When I was nine years old, we moved across the country to Boston. I missed my friend very much. Information, please, belonged in that old wooden box back home. As I grew into my teens, the memories of those childhood conversations never really left me. Often, in times of doubt and perplexity, I would recall the serene sense of security I had then. I appreciate now how patient, understanding, and kind she was to have spent her time on a little boy. A few years later, I was on my way west to college. My plan plane put down in Seattle. 
I had about a half hour or so between planes. I spent 15 minutes or so on the phone with my sister, who lived there now. Then, without thinking what I was doing, I dialed my hometown operator and said, Information, please. Miraculously, I heard the small, clear voice I knew so well. Information. I hadn't planned this, but I heard myself saying, Could you please tell me how to spell fix? There was a long pause, then came the soft-spoken answer. I guess your finger must have healed by now. I laughed, so it's really you. I wonder if you have any idea how much you meant to me during that time. I wonder if you know how much your call meant to me. I never had any children, and I used to look forward to your calls. I told her often I thought of her over the years and asked her if I could call her again when I came back to visit my sister. Please do. Just ask for Sally. Three months later, I was back in Seattle. A different voice answered. Information, I asked for Sally. Are you a friend? Yes, a very old friend. I'm sorry to have to tell you this. Sally's been working part-time the last few years because she was sick. She died five weeks ago. Before I could hang up, she said, wait a minute, did you say your name was Wayne? Yes. Well, Sally left a message for you. She wrote it down in case you called. Let me read it to you. The note said, tell him there are other worlds to sing in. He'll know what I mean. I thanked her and hung up. I knew what Sally meant. That was a really emotional story for me. Yeah, me too. It just really, and it's old and so many people are probably looking at their cell phones saying, what are they talking about? A phone on the wall and information, please. And But it's that human connection that we, I think we all crave that sometimes. Me and when too. we're lonely and alone and we find someone, I don't know what today's equivalent would be to information, please. There really isn't one. I mean, it would be Google, but that's not a person. No, or Siri, but that's just a voice. But that's not, there's no compassion. There's no, no. There's no uh, human connection with that. I love that they both helped each other. Yes. Love her advice. There are other worlds to sing in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we all reach for our tissues. This next story is much lighter. This was originally reported on MSN News in 2016, and it's about a man who decides to donate his frequent flyer miles. Spending time with family is an important part of Christmas for many, and one kind-hearted man has reached out to help people who can't afford to get home over the festive period. Entrepreneur Peter Shankman hopes to spread some Christmas joy by sharing his spare air miles with strangers who contact him on Imgur. Have you heard of that? No. I-M-G-U-R? Okay, I haven't either. The frequent flyer who has thrown 350,000 miles during 2016 for work is encouraging Imgur users to share their getting home for Christmas stories with him. This year, he says, I flew more than I ever have before and I'm probably going to close this year out with 350,000 actual flown miles. For comparison, the moon is 238,000 miles away. I'm not rich. I'm not famous. But I do have one unique resource at my disposal. Because of how much I fly, I have a ton of frequent flyer miles. I usually give them to my assistant, my family, and my friends. Needless to say, this makes them very happy. He added, if you can't afford to go home for the holidays, I'd like you to use my miles to get you home. And, you know, I just love that story because it reminds us we don't have to be rich or famous or talented to share 
the magic of the season. We just have to find the one thing we have to give, whether it's our frequent flyer miles or time on the phone with a lonely little boy or, you know, grouping together with some other customers and getting new tires for a single mom. Like there's so many ways we can reach out and connect that bridge of kindness with others. Right. Um, our next one is also from MSN, and it's on a Cracker Barrel waitress who received an amazing tip last Christmas. Christmas arrived early for a 53-year-old Cracker Barrel waitress who received an unexpected gift from a group of 12 strangers she served. Janet Ballard, who's worked at the Dublin, Georgia restaurant for more than a decade, was tipped $1,200 by the diners who each gave $100, reports today. The generous gift even came in a Christmas card. She opened it and was stunned to find the cash inside. It came at the right time as Ballard needed the cash to pay her taxes and car payment. Counting the money, she got so choked up. By the time I got, I got so choked up, by the time I got to a $400, they wanted me to count out loud. I had 12 total strangers saying, hey, we care enough about you because of how you made us feel while we were dining, and we want to be a blessing to you and your family. The group of 12 diners set out that day to surprise a person for a greater purpose, a blessing to ring in the holiday season. We see stories like that, I think, every holiday season. I, I think I'm, I'm encouraged because I see stories like that more and more throughout other months of the year, which is so important to not just be kind and loving and giving and generous during December. But I always love to see those stories. I just saw that, um, I think it was uh, Donnie Wahlberg from, remember, well, what, New Kids? Mark Wahlberg's brother, yeah. Yes. He left a tip for a waitress and he put 2020, like $2,020 on a $35 bill. And, And just, I thought, you know, if you... If you, that, you never know uh, what difference you're going to make in someone's life and no. to have those resources. And it wasn't because of he was famous or who he is. He had the resources and he shared them. That's I, so I, beautiful. Yeah. I, lo- I love that. And it's, you know, it's not a difficult thing to do. Last year when we did a similar show, we had a story about a couple And they just, they go to like an Applebee's or a Chili's, like just a, you know, normal restaurant once a week during the holiday season. And they pick a waiter or a waitress and they give them a huge tip like that. And it's just, they're like, we don't buy gifts for our family. Our kids are grown. This is the way we celebrate. I love that. Wouldn't that be fun? It would. We'll have to put that on our to-do list. Yes. Once I'm done paying college. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give a 2020 tip. Okay, our next story is from iNews in the UK, where they reported last year about a stranger, maybe an angel or just Santa's helper, who left anonymous gifts for strangers throughout the holiday season. The article says, Christmas came early for residents of Kegworth, Lancashire, who have been finding presents addressed to strangers around their village. The secret Santa has been leaving gifts for the past two weeks, with a note that simply reads, Random acts of kindness, enjoy. It's not known who's behind the generous gestures, but locals have been sharing their finds on the Village Facebook group. Some have even pledged to get into the spirit of gift-giving themselves and leave more presents out for strangers during this festive period. 
Josh Connor, a local bartender, said that after a pretty difficult week and feeling really unwell, he had been delighted to find a tin of Danish shortbread. He told iNews, I actually walked past it the first time and then walked back as it caught my eye. I haven't been very well for the past five weeks, so it really made my day. He added, I think it's a nice thing to do. Someone has put a lot of time and effort into this. With all the conflict regarding natural disasters and politics around the world, it's something lighthearted and wholesome. Emma Aldis said her four-year-old son Douglas found a gift wrapped up on the school run and has now decided to wrap up one of his own toys to leave as a way to pass on the kindness. She said he was so happy and excited. I have no idea who was leaving the gifts out, but just one tiny act of kindness made such a big difference in our day. My son now wants to wrap up one of his toys and leave it out for someone else to find. How lovely is that? Whoever the gifter is has not been revealed. It might be Santa himself. But the mystery generosity has sparked joy online with people sharing their gifts and happiness in the Kegwork Village Facebook group. Oh. Okay, I think what I love most about that story is that this little village in England has a Facebook group. How cute is that? (laughs) You might have to put it in your planner. I will. That's right. But again, that's a very simple thing to do. We can all do that. That's something we could we could aspire to do this holiday season. There was an artist in Boston a couple of years ago, and he just loved to paint. And he did these beautiful paintings on like eight by eight canvas. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't having good luck selling them uh, or getting a gallery to represent him. And so at the holiday season, he just started leaving them on benches and at bus stops and said, you know, enjoy the art. Happy holidays. Wow. I know. Again, using your talent and your time. I just think it's, it's lovely. It truly is. Uh, this next story was ori- originally published in Country Magazine and tells how a woman helped save a post office in her small town over the holidays. It's called The Miracle of Angel Station. When Angelica, New York's post office was threatened with closure in the 1980s, resident Pat Cake came up with a plan to save it. Angelica had already lost its neighborhood school in favor of a modern building a few miles outside of town, and the nearest hospitals were 15 miles away in either direction. In Pat's mind, it was paramount to keep a functioning post office, so she turned to the angels for help. At Christmas time, I would hear on the news about towns named Snow or Bethlehem having celebrations. I thought it was a wonderful idea, so I said, why couldn't we do the same thing with Angelica? Pat, who is an artist, created a postal cancellation design featuring an Angelica angel. Staying true to the nature of her adopted home, she drew her angels in a folksy fashion and submitted her proposal to the U.S. Postal Service. Once to prove that the drawing was carved into a postmark cancellation stamp that could be used for one day only, the postmistress had another idea to make the day even more special, calling the post office Angel Station. The massive uptick in mail volume saved Angelica's post office from closure and keeps the doors open today. Now it's tradition that on the first day, the first Friday in December, folks come to Angelica to mail their Christmas cards. A carved wooden angel flies near the ceiling. In the corner, a Christmas tree twinkles. Village supporters sit at tables that are topped with bowls of punch and platters of decorated cookies offering hot chocolate and coffee to those who are mailing cards. Post offices may close in other parts of the country, 
but this tiny one indoors thanks to Pat and the miracle of Angel Station. That's such a heartwarming story because at least in my town, we're seeing so many stores and restaurants close. And to think that one person could come up with an idea and save a whole post office, that's, that's so cool. And in a lot of small towns, the post office might be the hub of where people see each other or connect. Or it, It's a very social place in a lot of small towns. And an angel saved it. Yes, gotta love that. Have you recovered from the information, please, story? Oh, yes, I have. That really tore me up. I'm glad I have a soft heart, but sometimes it's not easy. It's not easy being an empath sometimes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. If, and I'll probably have cut out a lot of the blubbering on that. So that's what <laughs> she's referring to, is that I couldn't get through the story because I kept crying. So just if any of you cried during that, you weren't alone. Definitely not alone. Well, we hope you guys have enjoyed these uplifting stories. If you have your own Earth Angel story that you'd like to share with us, you know we'd love to see it. You can always email us, enlightenedempaths at gmail.com, or you can Facebook us at Enlightened Empaths. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. <laughs>